Welcome to Ask an Innovator, where we interview senior executives about innovation. You can find us at askaninnovator.com or subscribe with your favorite podcast app. I'm your host, Josh Barker, CEO of City Innovation Labs. Hi, and welcome to Ask an Innovator. This morning, we have Andy Reno from Ferrara Candy Company talking with us about innovations in the confection space. Andy talks about the innovation practice at Ferrara and how knowing your key strengths is essential for growth and launching new products. The podcast was recorded during COVID-19, so Andy and Josh also cover how Ferrara has remained agile in continuing to deliver sweet delights to customers. For more, keep on listening, and for the full transcript, check us out at cityinnovationlabs.com slash askaninnovator. Andy, I really appreciate you coming on. I'd love for you to give just a little intro to yourself. Yeah, of course. So uh, my name is Andy Reno. I've been in the confections space, really the category for my entire career. So I have an undergrad from UW-Madison in food science. And so that's just a study of all of the know-how and engineering, chemistry, even regulations, marketing behind food and how things are made for our food industry. So I got that back in 2009. I graduated and I had an internship in Chicago, which actually led to a full-time position at my prior company. And so worked there doing a lot of in the lab at the factory scale up of product development, both on gum and in candy and confection, sugar confections. And then as of last year, January of 19, I uh, moved over to my current employer, Ferrara Candy Company in Chicago. And so since then, I've been doing a lot. Uh, My title is Senior Manager Innovation Growth Management. Really, what that entails is looking at how Ferrara is doing innovation. And so what roles do we need in place? What process do we need to implement and deploy? What capabilities do we need to develop? But also from a strategic standpoint, what should we be having in our innovation pipeline to deliver growth, not only for the company, but also for the category, but then also what insights from consumers are we leveraging to develop that pipeline? So it's been a really interesting opportunity over the last year and a half, just because I've been able to really leverage my knowledge and experience doing the hands-on product development and translating that with strategic partnerships within different functions to deliver growth. And so it's been exciting. Ferrara, as you know, we might get into later, is really in a time of rapid growth and change and really exciting to see our innovations help deliver that and actually get a lot of great feedback from the consumers themselves. So yeah, that's kind of my background. I've been in Chicago since I graduated in 09 and really love it. I think it's a hub of as you might know, CPG and just a lot of history with food manufacturers. And so just a a lot of great opportunity. Awesome. Ferrara is a candy company, right? Mm -hmm. What does your day-to-day look like? You know, you mentioned gathering insights and bringing that to talk about how you might apply those to get more growth. What does that look like for you? I mean, what are some tangible things that that looks like? Yeah, I mean... Candy is a fun category, but realistically, I'm in a lot of meetings, <laughs> a lot of conversations all day. But it's, you know, working with our technical teams to understand how we're going to be developing ideas, but then also working with marketing and our sales teams to pull together the right stories and make sure that our retailers and our distribution partners are really going to be excited and help drive the innovations. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of partnership, a lot of defining what do we need to do to deliver 
it's kind of interesting too. A lot of our innovations are launched at a similar time each year, which I don't think a consumer day to day might not recognize. But it's end of the year is when we launch all of our new items, um, and then we're trying to do it on an annual basis. So depending on the time of the year, it's a, a different shift. Right now, we're in a lot of ideation exercises and activities to build out ideas for future innovation. And so we're looking at what do we want to be, what are insights we can leverage today to really help create novel and unique ideas for the consumer in 2023 and 2024. So it's been, you know, a lot of further out looking, um, creative mindset implementation right now. And so day to day, we're actually, you know, in a lot of discussions about who needs to be helping us create ideas? How are we creating ideas? And then also, how are we going to refine those ideas over time? So a lot of planning for project timelines. And so, yeah, it kind of shifts a lot. But right now, we're building out future ideas first. Uh, then technical teams go and develop. Sure. Yep. Would you say you're mostly inward facing, mostly outward facing? Or is it a kind of a marriage of both of those? meaning like employee focused or customer focused? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I would say a combination. I think starting wise at the start of where we want to start generating ideas, it's definitely outward looking where, you know, we're engaging with our retailers. We actually have typically once to twice a year, we'll have innovation focused conversations and summits with you know, major retailers to discuss what does the future look like and how do we build that together? How can we provide new, exciting products for you and for their customers? But then also, how do we leverage what Ferrar is really good at? So looking inward, what capabilities and knowledge do we have in-house to really, you know, develop things synergistically that we can, you know, it's beneficial for for Ferrara, for the retailers, for the customers, ultimately, because I think a lot of folks on this podcast have mentioned too, if you don't understand the consumer and the customer looking outward, yeah. your innovations aren't really going to deliver. Right. Well, and what got you interested in the innovation space? What do you like most about it? Yeah. I mean, to put it simply, it's fun. <laughs> it's <laughs> Who doesn't love coming up with a new idea? I think all of us have really come up with ideas every day. Yeah, it can be very simple. It can be grand. And it's a lot of those ideas you never think would happen. Like example, Uber is something that who would have thought we would get into strangers cars and let them drive right. those places. And now that is just ubiquitous for traveling. Right. And so it's all about the exciting coming up with new ideas. What really inspired me, I think I had a really great opportunity in my undergrad to do an internship with a candy company and that uh, who doesn't love candy too. So it's right. ultimately, you know, what gets me out of the bed each day is just, you know, working with great people, but ultimately we're working on fun and loved category. And so ultimately to me, it's just gives me something fun to do with my day. <laughs> you know, I was reading, uh, are you familiar with 23 and me, the, the mm-hmm. genetic testing, they actually said that women are uh they genetically proved this are 1.2 times more likely to like candy so i I remember that you know going into this which i thought was so i'm assuming that's is that some of your i mean obviously broadly everyone loves candy but right Mm -hmm. but uh is there a a specific target that most you know if you're guiding a lot of your decisions of target market 
Good question. I think, I hate to say it depends, but really it, Farrar has a large portfolio of brands. And so each of those brands really speaks to different audiences. And so depending really on, I would say, who the consumer is, you can innovate in different ways. So, yeah, you know, our trolley brand really speaks to the weirdly awesome nature of fun and candy and just being able to live in a different world for a moment, you know? So we actually have a lot of gamers who love trolley that does yeah. provide just this weird kind of brand and perspective on the world. Then we also speak to with sweet tarts, our both campaign and just marketing about you can have sweet and tart. It's a combination and you're allowed to do both within your world, you know, and as you identify could be a football player, but also be a chemist mm -hmm. for your day job. So candy really, I mean, as much as maybe I'm so embedded in the category, but you really can identify with it in a different ways. So depending back to your question, who we're innovating for, that's kind of the mindset and the frame that we'll use to ground ourselves when we think of new ideas. Yeah, that makes sense. There's kind of a, it's diverse, but it sounds like there is somewhat of a home base for maybe different brands and different, mm -hmm. different types of candy. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. What would you say your greatest challenges are in this space to innovation? Ooh, good question. I mean, a few come to my mind. I think first one, just being such a saturated category. If you don't go down the category aisle, just think of the number of you know, packages that are in their aisle and how many options you have. Yeah. Um, so just the plethora of variety that the consumer seeks. So it's challenging in a sense of continuously wanting to create new news, but also depending on your time of day, consumers might not be 100% loyal to you at all times. And so just kind of capturing that, but then also delivering the same quality product each time is a really big challenge. And so the other challenge I would say too is just with innovation in general, I would say even outside the category is thinking long-term and being able to keep momentum internally and put that lens of, like I said, we're thinking 2023 and beyond. We also have to continue our base business of today. And so it's just a challenge, I would say, to keep excitement and momentum and organizationally, we can create org structures that help us think that way. But of course, as I think any company has, you know, fires that need to be put out. So it can be a challenge of thinking, how do I keep my day to day, but also think about three years out right. um, is a big challenge too. I think luckily, like I said, going back to innovation, just being fun, you can kind of help sell in and really having to be good at, you know, selling ideas has been a good, a good challenge. I would say just working in the innovation space. What do you see in the candy industry is what do you see as trends? You know, cause you can, you just list, you said Uber, right? You can kind of see there's trends mm -hmm. to more of this as a service type concept, right? For on demand type transportation. But what do you see is, and then we look into autonomous vehicles, but what do you see as kind of trends for, for candy? Yeah, there's a few. I think one that maybe isn't so new, but People look to candy really as just an escape to mindlessly daybreak and have you know a snack, or it could be. We also have a portfolio of cookie brands in our in our business, 
and you know it could be an afternoon snack or it could be a way to connect with your children by offering them something maybe a treat that you had in your childhood and so it's an exciting moment for that child but then also a nostalgic feeling sure. so i would say just the trend of emotional meaning that what we kind of call sweet snacking as our category uh, can offer mm-hmm. i think another really interesting trend that i've you know we've started to think about what we how we can capitalize on or just start innovating on is the way people identify with products and not even just sweet snacking or candy but for example black forest our organic and better ingredient line of gummies really provides you know a way to identify and feel good about a product that you're consuming um not only is it using better ingredients but also this year we've been donating to a plant a tree foundation to plant trees and so with that purchase you're able to kind of identify as a you know healthy for you but also healthy for the world and really we've had a lot of celebrities who organically will resonate with that and start posting on it so it's just been a really exciting way to think about how do we innovate not only with maybe flavors or the product itself but innovate with a social connection and being able to really engage consumers beyond that pack of gummies that they ate. Um, so those are a few that come to my mind within just the sweet snacking or candy category and trends. And it's, you know, really interesting to see how social media has played into just consumer feedback loops as well. And that's something as for ours, building out our culture of innovation, how do we, how can we utilize that to inspire innovation is something I've been questioning too and and thinking about because it is such a rapid feedback loop and very quick. How do you capture and react to it is something that I think as a behavior companies really need to be relying on. Very interesting. I mean, have you applied anything so far? Are you just in the preliminary stages of kind of that taking what's on social and getting feedback, the closing the feedback loop per se, is that still kind of a new thing for you guys? Or is that, is there some learnings you guys have learned from that to say, Hey, this is changing the way we do things and here's how. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a, it's definitely new. I wouldn't say there's like, I'm sure a lot of companies do it differently. Mm-hmm. We've been utilizing it a lot to, I would say promote our new innovations, um, but also just capitalize on the way that for example, we know like movie campaigns will be opportunities to engage socially with consumers. And so we launched a Sweetheart's Golden Rope uh, for the Wonder Woman movie release. And so being able to allow consumers to utilize a golden rope as they're enjoying a movie and identify again with that. And that's just kind of felt um, allowed us to predict ahead of knowing how consumers will engage online and in social and also wanting to engage with a movie that just synergistically has created opportunities for us, such as our Sweethearts Golden Rope. And so we're obviously can't divulge too much, but utilizing that to think about future ways sure. we can engage. I think other companies do it such so as lays with feedback on how do consumers vote for new flavors. I think of course, What's been really interesting to me in the CPG category is companies are really good at utilizing that insights and predictive behavior to engage socially about vote or flavor campaign, but ultimately 
you can use research and insights to predict ahead of time, for example. So like I said, each company will do it differently, but it's just been an interesting learning for me to think about, believe it or not, there's a lot of research and work for two, three years leading up to a campaign like that. So it's kind of almost using that social portal to create news and awareness for products that's been really interesting and something that Farrar is doing a lot of. And it's just been really exciting to work on those sorts of innovations and engage in different ways with consumers. Sure. You know, going back to something you said a little earlier too, you had said that consumers use this candy as essentially at times an escape, right? Mm -hmm. So then a question I have for you is, shifting topics for a minute, how has that really affected you guys during COVID-19? Is there a correlation where it's like, is there a mindset or process shifts or due to the current climate, what has changed for you guys? Yeah, good question. I mean, it's definitely been an interesting time. I think luckily Ferrara, we're one of our values is agility and just being able to adapt quickly. And I would say our teams have really showcased that. So two things. One is some of our technical developers, short of not being able to go into the labs, have utilized their own home kitchens to prototype and test out different recipes. I mean, candy and cookies can be made at home. And so just even procuring equipment to test out prototypes at home has been one way that we've adapted quickly. Mm -hmm. The other really is a capability we've been building out and investing in is our uh, industrial design capabilities. And so ideation exercises, how do we put ideas and thoughts to paper and prototype? So those sort of exercises have gone virtual. So instead of being in a day-long ideation activity, teams are in industrial design leads have been breaking those sessions into multi-day exercises and using platforms such as Mural to really help us collaborate together in unique ways. And so it's just been an adaption of taking day-to-day behaviors and really doing it remotely and but still leveraging technology to ensure that we can collaborate together and still interface as best we can. So it's been an interesting way to see those, but I would say we've had to definitely prioritize, but also had to think about creative ways that we can continue our process. Um, those two come to my mind, just equipping ourselves to do it individually at home and also just how do we leverage technology. Sure. Sounds like you guys have, have adapted quite quickly. That's good. Now, what about consumer habits? Have you guys seen any of those change during this time of COVID-19? We've definitely seen them change. I would say shopping behavior as consumers have pantry stocked. And so I would say it's probably less impactful necessarily on our innovations. We're still figuring out the trends to really see then over the last three months. Yeah. And so it's kind of parceling out what is going to have longevity. Yeah. But in really, it's kind of more about how people are consuming or shopping and what maybe larger bulk packaging they're going for. You know, I personally have been going to Costco a lot more yep. <laughs> than I have maybe done in the past. And so we've definitely witnessed it. I would say just tying to innovation, it's still where we need to figure out. Sure. How long, I mean, you've been in the CPG space for a while. More mm-hmm. broadly, what are the greatest things you've learned in the CPG space? I think within CPG, one of the biggest things I've learned or just witnessed is some of the simplest things can have, you know, biggest impacts. And so I kind of just, as I think about innovation, keeping it simple, 
you know, for example, the car cup for gum uh, was a huge packaging innovation. It was just a simple observation of, you know, people are spending a lot of time in cars. So how do we place products there? Yeah. As a category was one big innovation. Also, just going back to excitement for candy, you know, multi-texture is a simple way to deliver excitement and, you know, new mindless ways for consumers to engage. And so we've leveraged that to launch our trolley crunchy crawlers last year, Mm. which it's a simple notion of, okay, soft and hard is multi-texture, but it, you know, has been performing really well with consumers, but also it was an award winner at, I don't know if you're familiar with the Sweets and Snacks Expo, but it's the largest showcase of new consumer trends and products in the category for sweets and snacks. And it won most innovative Mm. new product last year. Awesome. So it's just those simple kind of insights and then getting creative is what I think CBG has taught me is ways to really think about it, but also has been helpful just to kind of not put so much pressure on having to find the best new thing because that does take time. Yep. And it sounds like too, to that point, I think a lot of people think things like, hey, what is for our category, there's often the analogy of what is the iPhone, right? And it versus saying, hey, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be this massive thing to win all these awards or to you know, be innovative. It's switching mm-hmm. the packaging, like you said, observing your environment of people using the product and mm-hmm. getting something they want, you know, and they don't know they didn't know they wanted. It. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And don't give me, I definitely want to find that next Uber. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but it's not every day. Yes. Yep. Small incremental wins and finding out what the consumer wants. Yeah. What, what have you learned about or found out about innovation that listeners can take back and apply to their businesses as people are listening to this podcast? Yeah. I think for me, I would say definitely just knowing uh, your basics and what you know, you're capably strong of. And so, for example, Ferrara has a lot of capabilities with coating and panning of candy. So if you think about the crunchy gummies, the trolley crunchy crawlers utilizes our strength in panning and being able to put a candy shell on something. Because believe it or not, like a worm-shaped gummy is not the easiest to coat. So I would say knowing your basics and your industry and what your company is itself really strong at doing. and so Ferrara has historically started out as a painting company in 1908. And so it's just through time we've developed that. And now we're continuously thinking, how do we utilize that strength to keep innovating and providing new news? And so that's been just, as I think about innovation, some advice that I would keep in the back of my mind is just knowing your basics and you know, utilizing that in the best way and continuing to own it and develop. So it sounds like somewhat too of staying true to who you are, you know, that's, yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's good. Anything else that you would cover, you'd like to kind of cover ground on that hasn't been talked about or think you think it'd be a good question or topic for us to hit on? I think beyond kind of what I've already said, I would just say innovation just isn't really a, a me and myself process. Yeah. You really need to engage internally and externally and getting feedback as much as you can on things, you know, you're not going to get it perfect day one, nor is 
you know, Andy going to walk in the door and have the best next idea and I'm going to do it all by myself. Right. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't work that way. So I would say just continuously not being afraid to come up with crazy ideas or come up with prototypes that aren't going to be what goes out the door ultimately, but leveraging partnerships and collaborating is going to be really critical. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's said this many times. There's a fallacy of when you, we when we speak of innovation, and you 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 and I working in the innovation space, saying, "Oh, my job is innovation." It doesn't mean, "Hey, I'm I'm the next Steve Jobs in our organization." <laughs> That's not actually. It's mm -hmm. almost the opposite, right? It means that you know we're not the sole flag bearers of innovation. We're cultivating that in the organizations we're in, right? We're we want yep. that to thrive and have others come around us and like you said partner with inside the company outside the company really the 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 sum is greater than the the one right so bring them all together exactly and i, I think even going back to earlier just what i've learned in cpg in my career is it's really outstanding how much resources go behind things so if you think about just you know that pack of gummies on the shelf there are dozens if not hundreds of people employed and working on it and then also a lot of innovations can take quite some time so i've you know i've witnessed launches of products that have taken 5 to 10 years yeah. and so it's just again the amount of collaboration and resources and energy that go behind new innovations is not as simple as as maybe some consumers think when they go down the candy right. aisle yeah that's it's amazing to see as consumers, we just look at look at a package or look at something on the shelf and we're like, we just see it for what it is, right? This is a pack of gummies versus mm -hmm. you you have unique insight to look at that and go, there was so many people, so much innovation involved in just this small thing, right? So yeah, yep. awesome. Well, Andy, I really appreciate your time. It's been a fun conversation. Um, and I, you know, selfishly, I did interview you so I could get a sample of candy. No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> well, I'll, let me know, Josh. I'll, I can coordinate it. <laughs> I'm kidding. But uh, no, I really appreciate your time. And uh, it's been great. Of course. Great. Thanks for the opportunity. Good chatting. Yeah, likewise. Thank you for listening to Ask an Innovator. Visit us on our website, www.askaninnovator.com. This podcast has been sponsored by City Innovation Labs.